All right, here we go. Welcome to another episode of the Non-Victimation Podcast. I am here in the newly built studio that we just have more or less finished. And by that, I mean we are still working on tweaking the lighting and the sound, but it's uh, it's definitely a work in progress, but it's it's getting there. Welcome to the Continental. Welcome to the Continental. Uh, and with me, of course, is Dan Yaki, who is the owner of TACUB and also is responsible for a large portion of, of building this, probably like 80% or more, maybe 90%. So, <laughs> so many mornings of construction. Yes. Uh, it's, it was really interesting to see, like from the time that we had this idea, you know, we like literally walked out here and taped off a section and said, okay, this is where this is going to go. Right. And then I came back like a week later and you already had like framework up. Um, and like, a few days later, you had the electricity going in the walls, and so it was it was pretty interesting to kind of watch the evolution of of as you were putting it together, and then to walk in one day and it's like now it's here, right? This is really cool. Yeah, so. it's so funny with construction, man. It's like you're doing all the all the groundwork, like the basic things, like the framing and the electrical, and it looks like it's never going to happen. Yeah. And next thing you know, you you put up drywall and it's done. Yeah. It's 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 yeah. yeah. Anyway, but I like building stuff. Yeah. Well, so part of that, what I thought was really cool is that you were really excited about the, you know, getting this done, you know, and uh, having this all put together. So it made it really good on my end because that I didn't feel like I was, you know, having to like, hey, Dan, can we, can we start working on this? Can we get this going? Yeah. You know, because I've had other projects and things that I've done with people that they say they want to do something. But when it comes right down to it, it's like fucking pulling teeth, getting them to actually yeah. get started or, or continue with See, it. we're making teeth jokes already unreal oh. you want to let them in on that little uh, i just had my wisdom teeth pulled yeah. uh day and a half ago okay so you, right right at it with the jokes do you feel less wise now or look at dan he lives on soup and applesauce he did bring me a yogurt that's very nice it was very nice of you this morning absolutely um no you know um i i think it was a good idea I think it's going to add something to the training facility um, and just my personality type. Whenever I start something like that, I, I don't know how to not finish it. Like I can't stop working on it. I don't, right. I don't know how to stop or slow down. So it's a good trait to have, I think. Sure. <laughs> uh, you know, I'd like to say that I helped at least a little bit with the drywall and, and hanging the, the, what do they call those? The, the, those acoustic tiles. Acoustic you guys tile. were the staple masters. Yeah. Although so, there's a whole tile missing now. What happened? Yeah, that's what that is. <laughs> hey, hey, Hunter, missed one. There you go. Yeah, no, it came out great. It really did. It's a, it's a cool room. It's a cool space. It definitely is. I mean, for not the first time we have like literally just sat here and talked and hung out. Because it's such a cool room to be yeah, in. Yeah, the first day we brought furniture in, I think you and I just basically hung out in here all day. I didn't even want to work. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool, it's, it's a really cool area. I'm, I'm yeah. looking forward to having something similar to this in my house someday. You know, yeah. probably, uh, yeah, very similar. So, and then uh, we've got a few other things lined up. So the camera's not showing it directly right now, but behind Dan is the whiskey rack. So you've got the rows of whiskey there. And then there's an American flag. That was brought in by your friend Ben. Yep. Ben. yep. Okay. Yep. So uh, Ben uh, was in the military. Uh, he was a uh, he was an MP, 
And um, this flag flew over a fob and it went on three combat missions. That is so cool. Yeah. So the story has a, the flag has a story. I've got the certificate for it. So he asked me if I wanted a, a new flag to hang back there because I was telling him the idea of what I was building. And he kind of hesitated and he was in here looking around and he was helping with some of the drywall and stuff. Mm -hmm. And like 10 minutes goes by and he goes, hey, you know, I have this flag. And he told me the story and I was like, dude, I would be honored. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like to put a flag that has a story to it and and a purpose and and to reuse it for that would be amazing. Yeah. Especially the people that are coming in here. It's gonna be it's gonna be perfect. Right. Right. Uh and a fob for those that don't know is a forward operating base. Correct. So uh yeah, when you told me about that, I thought that was absolutely incredible because when we initially started talking about this, I, I mentioned that it was really important that I wanted to have an American flag in here. Yeah. It never even occurred to me that we would get one that was actually, you know, had been to battle. Yeah. You know, so that is like the greatest thing ever. Yeah. I'm super proud to have that here. Yeah. It's it's a nice addition. Yeah. We will get more cool stuff in here too. Absolutely. And uh, so we're going to be using this obviously as our new kind of headquarters for the podcast mm -hmm. and for, uh, but even as far as the facility goes, you're going to have other people that are going to be using the space. Correct. Correct. Okay. The, the point the point was is to have a space where people in this community um, can come together and um, do collaborations. Right. Mm -hmm. Let's sit down and have honest, honest conversations about what's going on in our country. Let's talk about um, how training affects people and 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 like what you guys do about um, changing your mindset um, even after you do become a victim if that happens. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I I think it was a good opportunity. Um, Again, the continental, right? Let's bring people together. Let's have ground rules. Everybody plays well, you know, plays nice together anyway. So it's not really a thing, but it's a cool concept, right? Right. Absolutely. So that was that was sort of the idea behind it. Yeah. Um, and again, this has allowed us, or at least allowed myself and Hunter to interact and, and get to become part of a much bigger community mm -hmm. that I wasn't even fully aware of, you know. Yeah. Um, the day that Hunter and I sat down on the couch and pushed play on the on the first podcast we episode we ever did it never occurred to me that it would that it would grow into this right you know so i am absolutely thrilled that we've gotten to this point and just looking forward to everywhere that we go from here yeah because there's just ever more opportunities now to meet more and more people that yeah. are in this community and invite them right. in and say hey well, that was yesterday was a perfect example mm -hmm. you know um you guys came in to to set this up and work on a little bit and dial some things in and we had a class going on and you got introduced to, I know of at least three new people that yeah. you can. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's about building a community. Right. And I'm really looking forward to having all of them on the podcast. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Learning more about what they do. So, uh, one of the more interesting ones is, uh, it's the deep dive. Yeah, the, deep, the deep, deep end. Okay. Deep end. Yeah. The deep end training. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is, I guess, a little bit like the this training that the Navy SEALs do. Have Have you watched some of the videos they posted, dude? It's insane. Yeah. Um, yeah. They did an underwater tug of war. Really? Yeah. Come on. Um. So I was invited by the. Is it Byron? Is he the owner? Mm -hmm. Uh. Yeah. So he said definitely have to come check it out. So I want to do that. Yep. Um. I got to admit, some of it looks a little sketchy with the water for as long as they are, but. And, you know, I do think it'd be a good experience. Yeah. And Practice definitely and training. training. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, living here in Arizona, I'm not too worried about being underwater for any length of time, but, you know, it could happen. 
Right. <laughs> Not very many people drown in the middle of the desert. Uh, no. And flash floods, maybe. Yeah. But uh, I think at that point, you're more susceptible to well, just it's the, the debris. The, yeah, the debris and the current yeah. that really take you out, not so much just being underwater. But yeah, um, I remember when I was talking with um, uh, Mike from Fieldcraft Survival. Hernandez? And, yeah, Mike Hernandez. Um, and talking about like he was one time up camping and they got to a spot and there was, you know, notice of a, of a flash flood coming and they like just vacated immediately because even though they had like rigs that were set up for that sort of thing to go overlanding and whatnot, it's still, it's not a good idea to be in an environment like that if you know that it's coming. So, right. right. Yeah. There's, there was a, a couple uh, last year that we had that um, several people died. In fact, I think a whole family died. One of them. Wow. Yeah. So we got a whole family. That's crazy. So, well, but what they don't realize is with all the slot canyons and stuff we have here, it could, mm-hmm. it could have a heavy rain 25 miles away. You don't know about it. You know, a couple hours later, all this water shows up. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's a real thing. Yeah. Um, outside of that, or outside of kind of our project here, mm-hmm. are there new things with Tech Hub going on? Uh, yeah. So, uh, Tech Hub, we're looking at um, expanding uh, our contracts for the uh, target system. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, that's something that we're working on. Uh, we're working on potentially... Uh, adding or moving to a larger training facility. Uh, so uh, that's been in the works for a little while, just trying to find the, the, the right thing. Uh, commercial real estate's doing some weird stuff. Um, so hopefully moving to a larger training facility uh, with all the government contracts and stuff we have, we just need more space. Right. We need more space. We need more parking. We need more shoot houses. We need more classroom space. We need, we just need more space. Right. So I've maxed out what I can here. Mm-hmm. Um, so next is a bigger space. So when we get to that point of like moving to a, a larger space, is it still going to be kind of in the same general area or is it going to be more? Um, I think that's dependent on, on the real estate, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to, it's going to be in the general vicinity, but is it going to be a little bit South, like closer to the airport? Maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you have kind of an ideal location where you'd like to see it? Uh, no, it's more about the building at this point. Okay. Uh, the building and the parking. I gotcha. So if I have to go to uh, Glendale to get it, or if I have to go to Gilbert, or if I have to go to Noterra, or if I have to go to Central Phoenix, it doesn't really matter to me. Right. Um, I've either, for, the, for like the last 15 years, I've either worked from home or had a five-minute commute. Mm-hmm. So I can't really complain about having to drive a little bit now, <laughs> Right. if, if yeah. that does happen. Because for the record, I have about four and a half minute commute right now. There you go. Um, so yeah, so it just, it just depends. Um, I think it's more building reliant than it is location reliant. Mm-hmm. Um, any of those buildings are going to be in a location that would be all right. I got you. So as far as like the requirements of, of what you'd be looking at, would it need to be like a, a place with like much, like this is only like what, a two-story place? This is two stories. I need I need at least two stories, preferably three. Mm-hmm. Um, and I need anywhere from 60 to 120,000 square feet. Gotcha. Yeah, that's so, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and, I'm, I, and I've talked to a couple other other people uh, in the industry that are interested in, you know, either doing like a permanent sublease or doing, you know, like a collaborate collaboration on the space. Or, um, so again, I think I think at this point, um, I'm just kind of exploring those options, trying to see if I can find the right building and see what happens. Well, that'd be awesome. Yeah, either way it goes. So yeah, yeah. 
I know that uh, you have, have you actually taken account of like how many different companies use this facility? Um, I did, but I've added a handful more. Um, so if I had to guess, there's probably um, 10 to 15 training companies that use the space and then like five state and government agencies. I gotcha. So, yeah. and then just recently they started training, was it jujitsu? Yeah, we just added jujitsu. Uh, on Monday nights. Um, so we do Aikido, Jiu-Jitsu, and then obviously Hugh from Crane Tech. Uh, he's going to be doing some more knife fighting classes. That would be uh, awesome. So fighting from the clinch and concealment with a, with an edged weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we're doing all kinds of stuff, man. We do Stop the Bleeds, obviously, with Josh and those guys over right. at Guardian. Uh, we do the use of force simulators. We do uh, low light and no light and uh, um, arm structural movement with Glenn from Independence Training. Uh, we do CQB Lab. They're here right now with Method Endeavors. Um, Phil Craft Survival comes, and those guys do their uh, personal defense classes. Uh, right now they do one. They're getting ready to launch personal defense two. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot going on. And I only have the one big classroom and the one big shoot house and the mat room. So right. every, every weekend we're doing something. There you go. So, But we need more space. <laughs> if you didn't catch it the first time, we need more space. Put that on our, our Christmas wish. Yeah, that's it. Which is coming soon. Yeah. Uh, it's an interesting thing because I've lived here in Arizona for almost 10 years now. Um, and it's really amazing that that time. They, uh, they told us that after you've been here for 10 years, you could call yourself a native because there are so few people that are actually from here. That yeah. that, that was sort of like the. Yeah, everybody's everybody's a transplant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my wife's a native. Oh, she. Yeah, she's nice. born born and raised in uh, Glendale. Get on. So, found a unicorn. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, Don't tell her that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, what is the the latest conspiracy that you've sort of dug into? Um, man. So I think not newest that I've dove into, but one that I've revisited mm-hmm. is uh, like the whole thing with UFOs, Project Project Blue Beam, and what's, what's government run and what's not government run. Mm-hmm. And that was only because I had something fly over my house that I could not explain. Wow. Did I show you the video? I oh. don't think so. <laughs> so uh, we were... Well, we could. Yeah. So we were, we were, we were coming home from going out to dinner and, um, get out of the truck. I've got like a, like a cover over like in front of my garage, like a carport looking like sunshade thing. So I pull in the truck, we get out of the car, we grab our food out of the back. We're getting ready to walk inside. And my wife points up and goes, look how much moisture is in the air. You can barely see that helicopter. And I look up and it's this little glowing light with a fuzzy hue around it and the lights coming out in two different directions, like cones, okay. no sound, no blinking lights. And it had like that fog around it. You know, like whenever it gets really humid and you can see the ring around the moon at night, right. like the yeah. moisture in the air, it looked like that, but smaller. And I look over and about 20 to 50 miles away, you can see an airplane getting ready to land at the airport. And it's perfectly clear. You can see every blinking light. There's no hue around it. You can see the landing lights. The hue is just around this thing that was completely silent. Wow. 
and it looked really far away in the video that I have, but in reality with your eye, because of the depth of perception, you can see other things in the environment. It was maybe a hundred feet in the air, 200 feet at the most, completely silent. And then it actually speeds up, slows down, changes direction, kind of zigzags a little bit, and then it elevates as it's leaving. And then it just like, just like in the next second, poof, it's gone. Like it just takes off and it's gone. I have this on video. Fucking weird. Really nice. can't explain it. Can't explain it. Okay. Um, so that kind of made me like I I don't know. There's there's like conspiracies about like these orbs that fly around, right? Yeah. Um it couldn't uh, it couldn't have been any bigger than gosh, I'd be surprised if it was 20 feet across. Like it yeah. wasn't very big. Um, but just the way that it moved was crazy, completely silent, no blinking lights. Mm. And then like the two lights coming off the sides and then like the fog that was around it, like the hue mm. was very strange. So I have never really spent a lot of time playing with like drones and those sorts of things. Definitely not a drone. Um, drones are loud. I was going to say they, they produce a fair amount of noise yeah. for like smaller one, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. It was not a drone okay. and there's no way that it could have. Like I watched it even after we were done recording it. I watched it go off into the distance. Mm -hmm. There's there's no way. There's no way. Right. It it left with some speed. So just I I I don't I'm not here gonna sit here and say it was aliens or a UFO, but um I can't explain what it was. But I'll have to show you the video, it's pretty crazy. I thought for sure I shared that, man. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh I have to wonder, not to disprove or to to set aside the the ufo idea but like if our government actually uses things like that that they're testing for yeah. for monitoring and, and observation yeah. and those sorts of things all right so we're going down this rabbit hole okay. we're doing it all right so get comfortable all right so what is a ufo identified flying object right something that's in the air that we don't know what it is correct which now they're also changing to uaps unidentified aerial phenomenon right so okay. they're calling them uaps I don't know if you knew they made that change or not. Okay, so now they're talking about UAPs. Now they're saying that the government did capture aliens, remember, the whole oh, thing that Congress right. did, and they do have aircraft, and they have reverse-engineered some of these things, but it's not out to the public. Mm -hmm. So anything that we see flying around could be man-made, right? Reverse-engineered technology. So if you, if you think about that, and if you think about we we captured crashed vehicles. Where did those vehicles come from? Right. You would say yeah. extraterrestrials. Well, what is extraterrestrial? Something beyond this world, theoretically. Let's break it down. Extra okay. more, mm -hmm. right? Terrestrial terrain. Okay. More terrain. Okay. So the theory, one of the theories is that there's advanced civilizations here on earth in the flat earth, tinfoil hat time, flat earth model outside of the ice shelf that we think is Antarctica. Okay. There's other lands, and this is on older maps that you can see that they draw, right? Explorers had crossed over, and some of them have even written about it, uh, talking about there's um, other um, civilizations uh, that have technology that can't be explained. Now, this is way back, like, like like 1500s right okay um so is it possible that these things we're seeing are from our planet 
just more advanced than us mm -hmm. that have traveled across the continental shelf. And so we can see them and interact with them or whatever. Because the other thing you have to think about is if you think about like the Mayans and the Egyptians and that they all have artwork that's similar that depicts star people, right? Okay. Flying ships, like stuff in the background, right? right? right. All, all that kind of stuff. Like mm -hmm. if you look at old uh, Catholic cathedral art, right? There's like looking up and there's a spaceship in the background, right? Mm -hmm. You've seen, you've seen those, right? Seen, Very I've strange. But how is it that all of them have these advanced civilizations in a time whenever they were supposed to be hunter gatherers? Right. Right. Like, and where did those other civilizations, like they just disappeared off the face of the earth. Where did they go? Yeah. Maybe they went to these other lands and they've still been advancing since the time of the Egyptians. Mm -hmm. And we just don't know about it because we're in our little bubble. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot there to unpack, but there is. Yeah. So UFOs that aren't from outer space, they're from other places on our planet mm -hmm. that came from advanced civilizations like the Mayans and the Egyptians that moved because something happened to cause them to move. And since our being here is relying on paying taxes and doing our jobs and right, mm -hmm. um, they don't want us to know. Cause what if there's what if there's an abundance of um of natural resources more than we could ever use ever. What would we fight about? What would, how would they keep us divided? Like what would be the purpose? Well, and because I'm talking about like, look, it's abundance of stuff. They want to keep us divided. Like there's so many other conspiracy theories. You got the continuity of government. You've got UFOs. You've got people disappearing in forests, missing 401. You've got uh, underground cities and bases. You've got like, dude, what do you want to talk about? Like we got stuff to talk about. So to admit that I don't spend nearly as much time looking into those things or, or even just kind of contemplating those things as you do. So mm -hmm. this is where I'm really interested to hear like uh, of those things, like which are the ones that really kind of stand out to you yeah, and which are the ones that uh, you think have kind of the most impact on what's going on with us. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so of right. those things, <laughs> right? So the point the point is is that yes, we talked about UFOs. Yes, we talked about extraterrestrial flat Earth. We talked about right. So mm -hmm. I guess my point is is there's lots of different conspiracies. There's mm -hmm. tons of different roads you can go down. Mm -hmm. uh, some of my favorite ones are Bigfoot Yeti, okay, right, and the possibility of them time traveling through portholes like wormholes, right? Okay, that's a new one. Awesome. <laughs> you put the two together, it's like peanut butter and jelly, man. I tell you what. Um, then you've got, uh, all the devolution stuff, continuity of government stuff that's affecting us right now, like our elections and immigration crisis and all those things that are happening. So not, not to throw you off, but, yep. uh, could you explain devolution? Uh, the continuity of government. Okay. I'm by no means an expert on it. There, there is somebody that I would plug that I love to listen to, um, tell Patriot, uh, John Patel. Okay. Um, he actually, uh, does a series on, um, rumble on his badlands media mm -hmm. uh, it's called the devolution power hour okay really suggest listening to it um everything he does he bases in fact with documents that you can find if you look for them it's public knowledge gotcha. so this isn't a conspiracy theory like he only states facts once they start to go down the road of a conspiracy he backs off he's like that's not what we do mm -hmm. they have a separate show for that but he's not a conspiracy guy right. so everything he talks about is is fact 
So, so really good the, one. Really good one. So the devolution of the it's, government. It, yep. Yep. And then what was after that? Yep. I'm sorry. I didn't mean. Yeah. No. 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 Uh, so that's some of the other ones I like. Um, uh, missing four one one is a good one. Talks about all the people that go missing in our national parks. Okay. Um, and they find them in weird places with weird circumstances, like uh, a family be out camping and a four year old will just disappear, no footprints, not a sound, no trace. They find them at four thousand foot higher elevation up a rocky cliff, laid there, you know, in his underwear with his clothes and shoes nicely folded next to him, and there's no trail. There's no way for anybody to get there. Mm-hmm. There's no animal marks, like like teeth marks or bear marks, or mm-hmm. um. So how did he get there? What happened? How how how? Right. Good question. Crazy stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, obviously UFOs, uh, and then the conspiracy of are they extraterrestrials or is it something that we made, you know, reverse engineered, whatever. Um, yeah, there's there's tons of things to talk about, man. Mm-hmm. There's yeah, true. Yes. So but you know, before you were talking about uh extraterrestrials, would paraterrestrial be a better term? Uh, as far as like um let's say spaceborne entities versus extra land. Could be, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I don't, I, I don't know if there's a, a really good way or if people want to acknowledge that there's a possibility of both. Uh, what you typically find is a camp of one versus the other, right? Like they came from other planets outside other solar systems and found a way to travel through uh, space time continuums through wormholes and all that kind of stuff. That's how they're able to cover such great distances. Um, and then there's other people who are like, no, it's a flat earth, dumb, dumb. And there's advanced civilizations here that we just don't know about because the government doesn't want us to know about, mm-hmm. which I don't know. Sometimes the simplest answer is more likely, right? It doesn't have, so we're really good at overcomplicating stuff. Very. Yes. Right. So, um, again, not saying that I believe any or all of these things. I just enjoy thinking about them outside of the box. It makes my brain work and it's interesting to me. Mm-hmm. So what was the the first one that you named off the kind of like your top one? Oh, dude, I am fascinated with Bigfoot, Bigfoot okay. and traveling through portals. Come on. So I've never heard those two things put together. So the whole, the whole thing that came about is I, I, I wish I could remember what documentary it was, but it was some cheesy documentary, really funny, but good about um, that's how they can get from one place to another and they can cover different regions and why they're there one second and then they're not. Mm-hmm. Um and the portal part has been explained like there's this place where this guy went missing at 411. So that missing 411 series I told you about, uh, this guy was, uh, I think it was somewhere here in Arizona. It might have been in Sedona. Mm-hmm. And there's these two shafts that are down, dug down in the ground by, you know, early, early Native Americans. And um, they were for burial and ceremonial purposes. And apparently, if you take a laser and shoot it across both of those holes to another plate, um, there is roughly, I think, seven to 14 seconds of time that disappears. Really? Yep. The laser gets there, but there's a gap in time. Okay. And whenever he was hiking in this area doing sightseeing, he literally just disappeared. Like, poof, vanished without a trace. And it was a crowded area. Like right. he just disappeared. Hmm. So, you know, sort of like in some of those sci-fi movies where you're opening a door and you close the door and the door's gone and you're in another land. Right. Right. Like a like a portal. Mm-hmm. Again, not saying I believe them, just fascinating. Right. So I've always been 
and not even myself so much, but my dad in particular has always been fascinated with Bigfoot. Yeah. You know, he, he firmly believes that Bigfoot is real. Um, and so I kind of grew up with, with that. And it wasn't until later on that I learned about the whole Yeti idea, um, and, and how those two are sort of related. Yeah. Um, but again, I've always thought it was interesting that they could just, that there could be something like that, that that's out there that people see from time to time, but never fully capture or never, you know, have like a, an actual. It's really good at hiding. Yeah. And yeah. So, it doesn't want to be found. Yeah. So one of my favorite shirts that I got from Black Rifle is the the tactical, yeah. or uh, the tactical Sasquatch where he's yeah. wearing, you know, uh, what is it? The, the pan, pano. Yeah. The pano night vision yeah. and the carrying yeah. a rifle. Yeah. You know, it's like, that's why he's never found because he's tactical. But, but think about it though. There's also tribes in remote parts of our world that we're still discovering. Mm -hmm. People that have never had a cell phone, don't know what internet is, never seen a color TV. Heck, they don't even know what a car is, right? Those, there's still tribes that live like that on our planet. Blows my mind. So how can there not be a, so, you know, some humanoid primate, whatever it is that we don't know about. Right. It's highly possible. It's always been an interesting thought to me that like, maybe not so much now, but there, there's always been sort of this, uh, I guess, overall goal of eventually like exploring the other planets, exploring the universe and that sort of thing. But realistically, we don't take that much time to explore the planets that we're on right now. So another whole nother conspiracy theory, mm -hmm. right? Uh, the Challenger explosion. Right. Saying those people are still alive. Under the same names, look identical. Right. How how is that possible? And uh, how do you lose the technology to go to space? Okay. So somebody had asked um, somebody that works at NASA, and it's on an interview, um, and they basically go, "Well, how come we don't go to the moon anymore?" And the guy from NASA said, "Well, because we lost that technology, and it would be too expensive to rebuild." Yeah, that doesn't make any sense at all. Zero sense. And India just went to the moon. Okay. And if you've ever seen that video, uh -huh. dude, it was shot in somebody's backyard. It's so fucking <laughs> vague. It's so <laughs> That's just my two cents. Right. Like, it's horrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, man, I don't know. I, I think um, us as humans in this world right now, we only know a fraction of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, in general, I, I do I do think that there's obviously some elites that are running the planet and want to keep us in the position we're in um, to their benefit. Mm -hmm. um, I think most people like the Matrix are ignorant, you know, blissfully ignorant. And uh, right. if they can drive their fancy car and drink their Starbucks or whatever and live in a nice house, they're okay with it. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, it'd be interesting to like. To, to really understand like how many people, if, if they knew that the matrix was real and that the, you were actually a part of it, would just be able to like shrug their shoulders and say, yeah, okay. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Fuck it. This is fun. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm where I want to be, or I'm in a comfortable position and I'm totally okay with just being here and right. not living in the quote unquote real world. Right. You know, um, that would, that would just be an interesting concept all in itself. You know, yeah. how many people would be willing to accept it? And I guess, on some level, people do accept their place in the world, even if it's not the matrix necessarily. They understand that there's a lot more going on, but they're okay with just kind of going so, through their day-to-day -day motions. Let me ask you a question then. Um, what separates people to have drive and want to create 
something or do something better for themselves versus people who are okay just getting by? Like what makes somebody want to be different and to do extraordinary things? That's a very good question. I think that part of it is the same sort of thing that drives people who are extraordinarily talented to not be able to just live an average life. So uh, think of like really famous people like Elvis, Michael Jackson, Prince, um, Madonna, like people that are, I mean, those are all just musicians, right? But, but if you look at the way that they live their lives and the personality types that they have, I don't believe it's possible for them to have lived an entire life without doing something extraordinary because there's a certain part of them that's just not able to be a regular functioning human being. They have to exercise that part of themselves. And so kind of following that same idea, you have somebody who's, who has that an idea in their head that they're just not able to let go of or, or just, it's almost the same sort of thing that you were mentioning earlier. So like when you start a project, you know, you're not able just to stop. You, you have to keep going until it's completed, right? If somebody has an idea that's, that's such a strong impulse in their mind, they can't just stop or they can't just let it go. They can't just ignore it. It, it has to come to its fruition. So do you think that people that um, do extraordinary things and think outside of the box and, and, and um, don't take the normal path, are they, um, are, are they like self-centered or sociopathic or, or do you think it's a, a natural drive or um, maybe like 80, like, uh, well, not ADHD, That'd be the opposite, <laughs> right? But you know what I mean, like, like where, where, um, like, uh, it's it's more of a personality trait than it is. I don't know. I I I don't know what makes those people those people. But mm-hmm. if if you if you look at their personalities, there are things in common. Mm-hmm. I just I don't know enough about it. Yeah, I I always think of like performers in particular because, like I said, if if you just took one of them as an example, um. Uh, I, like I said, I just I can't believe that they would ever just live an entire normal life and not ever exercise any of that ability, yeah. you know, for whatever that is. You see, that just that statement already makes me want to ask questions like, what's normal? Okay. Right? Well, so I should say average, not normal. Okay. Um, because on average, most people will go through their lives doing more or less the same things all the time yeah. for whatever reason. And, you know, for most people, that is they, they get up in the morning, they go to work. They do whatever it is they do at work. They come home. They find whatever for them is relaxing, whether that's watching TV, spending time with their family, doing a, a sport or something, you know, and that becomes for them just like an actual pattern that they follow. And they don't see either a way out of it or a reason to want to move out of it because it's, it's comfortable with what they're doing. And so they just continue to follow in that pattern. Yeah. I don't like complacency. I think that's my problem. Right. <laughs> And I would say that the people that are, are when they have the free time available to them, that are doing something more with that, that to me doesn't strike me as complacency. It's just they're, they're trying to do something beyond the average everyday, you know? So if it comes right down to it, they have something else. It's not just this. Right. I mean, right. Yeah. It's fascinating, man. I don't know. I, uh, human nature is, is, uh, interesting to me. And why people do what they do and how they do it and, mm-hmm. and how they come to those conclusions and make those decisions. And yeah. that's fascinating to me. 
what's fascinating to me is that human nature is so, I don't want to say set because that's not the right word for it, but there is, human nature is what it is and it doesn't change. And, and I'm saying this is, is a broad overall idea, not as an individual. Okay. Right. You as an individual could say, you know, I decide I want to change the type of person that I am. I want to do something more, become something more, whatever, or the reverse. You decide, you know what? I'm done. I don't care anymore. I'm just going to go get drunk and get high and just do nothing. Right. But if you look at history, you know, and the evolution that, that we followed over time, human nature is the one thing that doesn't change. There will always be certain people that are, you know, willing to kind of just go along with that, that everyday right. kind of thing. And there are right. all the people that like, for whatever reason, feel like they need more, they deserve more, they yeah. want more. You know, and they're going to do whatever it takes to get to that point. And I wonder if there's certain people, like you know, we were talking about different personalities earlier. Um, I wonder if there's certain people that are really good at bringing that out in other individuals, mm-hmm. right? Like the motivational speakers of the world. Yeah. Because sometimes I think it's just a somebody just needs you know slapped in the back of the head, like "Hey, dumb dumb, like right. pay attention." You could yeah. you could have so much more. Right. I think that that goes for a lot of people in a lot of different directions. So for some people, it might be just like, uh, like saying, like, like slapping the head and say, Hey, snap out of it. Yeah. You know, realize that there's more out there that you could be doing. And for other people, they just need the encouragement. Mm. You know, they just need somebody to say, yes, you can do that. Right. You know, instead of the entire world telling them that they can't, Yeah. you know, and without getting super political about this, I'm going to use black people as an example. Okay. You have most of the media, you have most of uh, you know, history telling black people that they have to be a certain way and that they're that they're not capable of being more than that. And all the while they prove it every opportunity that they can be. Right. You know? So some people are 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 not willing just to sit back and, and absorb that message and say, okay, well that's it. You know, but there's so many more that are. Yeah. You know, and they fall into this place of they are the they are the architects of their own destruction. You know, they have decided that they can't be more or that they're so oppressed or that they're, they're so much against them that it's not even worth the effort of trying, you know, yeah. and all the while, like I said, they're capable of, of yeah. well, anything. I, I, I think else some is. of that comes back to, you know, I think you could break it down to two different personality types. And I think we talked about this on the first time I was on your show was, um, you know, there's two types of people, something bad happens to them and they say, well, fuck it. I guess that's what life is. I'm supposed mm-hmm. to be an asshole or. You have somebody where something bad happens to him and goes, well, you know what? I know what I don't want out of life. How do I change it? Right. Um, and I, I do think it, you could boil it down to that. That's obviously there's different leveling degrees of that. But I mean, when it comes down to it, right. I think you have those people that go, well, this is what it is. And somebody it's like, well, if I have the power to change it, I'm going to. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, but yeah, it's, a, it's fascinating. Yeah. You could spend a whole show just on that. <laughs> yeah. Just, um, yeah. And I'm not sure if it was you that I was talking to about this or in a, in a different episode, but like I've always loved Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, Superman is my favorite character because, or more specifically, not because of his powers, not because he has the speed or the strength or the laser vision or, or any of those things. Right. It all comes from the, the first movie that with uh, Christopher Reeve mm-hmm. and the message that his father is, is speaking to him as he's coming to earth. Right. And the, the, the phrase in there that sticks out to me the most, and it just always is somewhere in my mind, right, is that he's saying that the people of Earth, they can be great and that they wish to be. They only lack the light to show them the way. Right. 
and when I think of that, I think of humanity as a whole. Right. And I think that that is the underlying thing for every person on this planet. Right. Everybody on some level wants to be better. Right. They want to accomplish. Right. They want to be recognized. Well, and I think I think you can. I, I think you're dead on, and and that's you know again not to get political, but whenever I talk to, I have friends that are left leaning, right? And when we sit down and have a drink and a cigar together, guess what? We can agree on the most common things. We want a good paying job. We don't want to overpaying taxes. We want kids to go to a good school and have a good education. We want to be able to provide for our family. We want to feel safe, right? Right. The basic things in life. I don't care what political background you come from. You can agree on. Yeah. It's simple. It is. Yeah. And like I said, I think that so many people out there are capable of doing so much more. Yeah. And in many, many cases, it, they just need some encouragement. Yeah. Very true. You know, very uh, true. Working in in corrections, you know, I'm, I'm surrounded by inmates, and I've worked in many different uh, units, and seeing some of the ingenuity that these people come up with, you know, yeah. you know it's, there's some probably stuff, some really crazy shit. Yeah, you know, the things that they come up with and the things that they're capable of doing, you know, I've I've watched it, you know, people that go in there and have no education whatsoever, literally, and I'm not saying that they're getting like law degrees, but they're studying law on their own. To the point where they're actually, you know, st- you know, setting up. Uh, now, now do you think? Do you, now, do you think it's because they're interested in law, or because I, <laughs> yeah, I need to get out of this place, and if nobody's going to help me, I'm going to do it myself. So either way, wh- whichever of those two things it might be, the, right. the, the thing is, is that right. if if they have determination and they have the ability, somebody says, yeah. "Here it is." I don't know why I just had a picture of some guy reading a book about how to build catapults. I don't know why that just happened. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, That's funny, you know. But I, I, I just see some yeah. of the things that they not only one hundred and one in the library. Yeah, you know, and I, yeah. and I think I mean, there's there's lots of of inmates that get put on work crews for different things, yeah. you know, um, all the way up to like construction and all these yeah. different things. It's like if you had just put that much effort into, you know, or or the stupid things that they know they're not supposed to be doing. That's right. the things that really right. get me. Right. You know, you're putting this much effort into doing this dumb little thing. It's like I figured it out. That's how that? we that's how we get people to start taking trade school seriously again. Okay. Because we know the trades are going away, right? Right. Like, dude, try to find a good welder. You're impossible. Doesn't like people aren't doing hard trades anymore. They want to go to school to be um underwater basket weaving. You know, you ask it, dude, right now you ask a twelve year old what do you want to be when you grow up? They say an influencer. I still don't know what that is. Okay. Right. I mean, I, I kind of understand, but how do they, how do you make that a job? It's, it was never meant to be a profession right. anyway. Um, so how we get people back in the trades is because people in prison are learning trades, correct? It's in some cases. Yes. Yeah. So see where I'm going with this. <laughs> all right. So, so what you do is, is you tell all the kids that are coming out of college or getting ready to go into college, if you don't take a trade or we don't have enough tradesmen, uh, everything that you do in your life, your life revolves around, is going to be built by a prisoner. Okay. You really want that to happen, right? Right. To be just saying. Yeah. Yeah. The trade, the trade schools are man. They're struggling. People don't want to learn hard physical trades anymore. Well, people in general just don't want to do anything that's hard. Yeah, because- but that's what built our country. That's sure. why we have roads. That's why we have you know. That's how the railroad started. That's how the automotive industry started. That's how shipping and 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 innovation and and building things and skyscrapers and. Right. All of that happened because people physically did stuff and got their hands dirty. 
but now people are being rewarded for doing less, for doing basically nothing. Well, I'm not saying what's happening now is right. Yeah. No, I'm just saying, but this, this right. is the, the dichotomy right. of, of what's going on. You know, the things that need to happen aren't being done because they're not being incentivized correctly. Yeah. Right. Whereas the things that people shouldn't be doing. Well, and I also think a lot of that became whenever people started, a lot of that started happening more whenever people became entitled. And okay. I don't know exactly when that happened. I think it was through our school system that they were taught they were special. They started doing participation trophies. They started. It's a big one. And if you look, it started at grade schools and then it went to high schools. And now it's in colleges mm -hmm. and they feel so entitled that whenever I leave college, I should be getting paid a quarter of a million dollars a year for doing something that I haven't actually done a full day of in my life. Right. Look at this piece of paper I have that I paid for. Right. Right. Well, that and the colleges and universities have been, have become, uh, indoctrination camps. They're not yeah. really sources of education anymore. Right. You know, because what, what are they actually learning? Right. You know, how to protest, right. how to, you know, demand, it's like you're saying, you know, demand more with, with less effort. Like, right. that's not how things go. You know, um, it's really interesting that they're, they've, they've reached this place. <laughs> What's that? I, I just saw another, another thing, funny thing popped in my head. There's like a sliding scale of like, uh, uh, I'm young and important. Look at everything I know. You're just old people to get off my lawn. Like there's this, <laughs> there's this curve that happens when you hit a certain age. You, right. you, it like hits you like a ton of bricks. You're like, oh, that's why all those old pump people are grumpy. Right. Like, I'm I'm on my way. Dude, I'm going to make a kick-ass grumpy old man. You think so? Oh, yeah, for sure. 100%. I got you. I think I'm probably about halfway there myself. Yeah. Um, I, have, I have very little tolerance for people who just are unwilling to do things that they're capable fully capable of right. doing, you know? Right. Um, and maybe that's just because I work in a prison and I see it all the time. You know, oh so, God, I can't even imagine, you know, but, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's so far down with that rabbit hole we can go. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I, I really truly worry that one of these days we're going to become the movie Wally. I think idiocracy. Idiocracy. Yeah. So tell me about that. You haven't seen the movie. So uh, that's the one <laughs> where they uh, it's a it's an army experiment, but the pods get lost and they end up traveling way into the future and everything is completely gone ballistic. So okay. uh, all the crops have died and there's a crazy dust bowl effect that's happening because uh, this company Brondo Gatorade okay. uh, has electrolytes, what plants crave. Uh, they bought all the water rights. So every water fountain, all, everything that they put on the crops, it's all Brondo and it killed, killed all the plants. So there's no crop. So you have a major dust bowl problem. There's no food. People are starving. Um, the funny fact, uh, people that, uh, wrote that and started doing the costume design and everything for that, um, they needed to find futuristic looking shoes, but something that they thought would be so stupid and ugly that it would never catch on. And they came across a company that made a slip-on shoe called Crocs. Right. So all the all the shoes in the Hunter's losing it over there. All the <laughs> shoes in the movie, if you watch it, are Crocs. Right. Because they thought it would never be anything because they're so stupid and ugly. Yeah. And it's like little did we know, and nobody even knew the shoe was in in the movie. So it's literally happening in front of us. Right. You guys need to watch. It's called Idiocracy. Okay. It's fantastic. And go. and the president is President Camacho. He's a he's a WWF wrestler. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Oh, dude. And the corrections, they have, the, he goes to jail. Oh my gosh. You need to see it. Okay. I'll check that out. You've seen Wally though, have you? Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So, where people are staying there and they're, they're playing tennis 
on a thing and they're watching robots play tennis and they're like in these little hover around chairs because they're all too fat to move and like, yeah, they, they've gotten so fat that they've lost mobility yeah and they have to be like moved around on, on like electric yeah. carts and, and even their feeding is like basically done for them they open their mouth and something feeds them yeah you know it's like when when we talk about the idea of of a place you know like we say where there's this overabundance and everybody has everything they need mm-hmm. right that to me is the worst thing that could possibly happen because then we move closer to that that, uh, that end of Wally. Whenever I say that, I don't mean that everything is done for us. What I mean is uh, imagine free electricity. Mm-hmm. Not that you don't have to harness it some way or work for it or right. build something, Okay, but it's there. Okay. Right? Or uh, an abundance of fresh, clean water, mm-hmm. right? That you don't have to filter or get sludge or these processing plants or whatever. There's springs that we don't know about um wildlife and game right for food right herds of something that we've never even seen before that could mimic like a buffalo and there's millions of them on this one part of land that you know will just so i'm not saying that all these things could exist for us just to be couch potatoes Mm -hmm. right they're natural resources things that need to be harvested and gathered and what we're supposed to be doing as humans right not eating something for $14 that comes out of a box that is not even in the shape of what a chicken originally looked like. Right. Right. Went to Wendy's the other day, by the way. Uh, definitely not going to get sponsored by them. Yeah. Um, used to love a frosty and a spicy chicken sandwich and all of that. That uh-huh. $6, that number six meal now is like 15 bucks. Yeah. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. I made the same face. <laughs> $15. They're like, oh, your total will be at the window. I'm like, cool. Drive around. Go to hand on my card. Yeah, it'd be fifteen something. Like, what? Yeah. And the frosty was like this big. Mm-hmm. What the hell is happening? Yeah, that that whole it went yeah. to the Burger King and and ordered a burger and it ended up being ten dollars. It's like I can go to a restaurant and get a ten dollar burger. Yeah, exactly. It's like and have somebody wait on me. Right. 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 So well, and the fact before we even got to this point, all right, fast food. Let's be honest. How, how do you go to to a restaurant, fast food or not? Mm-hmm pay a dollar for something and expect it to be real food. It's physically impossible. It's impossible. Okay. Tell me what you can go and feed an entire, like a meal for like two or three dollars. You can't. Yeah, not really. Especially if it has meat in it. Right. It's not real meat. Mm-hmm. Never has been. Yeah. Conspiracy. So my so kind of along that same line, the the places that I hate to eat most, mm-hmm. go to to eat most is breakfast places. Because, oh, oh, because they're charging you an extraordinary amount of money for something that's, that's breakfast like, is glorious. Breakfast is glorious, okay. <laughs> but when they're charging you fucking twelve dollars for eggs and toast, that's not okay. <laughs> no, I agree. With you. <laughs> Depends yeah. on how good the bacon is. Uh, uh, bacon's not even included. That's extra. Oh no, see, you're not going to write breakfast places. Yeah, but I've been to places like that. They just yeah. charge ridiculous amounts, and this was long before like yeah. where we are now. So I grew up poor. And uh-huh. we had breakfast for dinner a lot because it was so cheap. Right. Right. So I know that the breakfast places are killing it, yeah. crushing it. And every breakfast place here in Phoenix, there's a wait every Saturday, Sunday. Doesn't matter what time you go. Doesn't matter. Okay. So if I was to open a restaurant, I'd be a breakfast. But God, I love breakfast food. Oh, I love breakfast food. Okay. That's my favorite meal. There you go. Yeah. I love bacon. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah. Another thing I have to like really kind of ration myself on. Yeah. I purposely just don't go buy it because I know that if it's there, I'll eat it. And yeah, bacon is awesome. 
bacon is the only thing that makes bacon better is more bacon. Exactly. Yeah. I uh, I saw a really funny thing happen. So this was a handful of years ago. One of my good friends got married and he had a morning wedding and he served breakfast, which I thought was genius, right? It was a fraction of the cost. Everybody loves breakfast. We got done with the wedding and the party and everything early. Mm-hmm. We were day drinking. It was it was a great idea. And um, I'm standing next to him. And, you know, being the bride and groom, I got married before him, but being the bride and groom, like you don't really get a chance to get there early and have the appetizers because you're taking pictures or you're doing other things, right? You have all these other things going on. So he grabs one of the waiters by the arm, yanks him over and goes, bring me bacon. And the guy looks at him weird and he goes, he goes, no, I mean it. Bring me a plate of bacon. Right. And I was thinking, okay, they're going to bring him four or five pieces. No, they actually brought him like a platter of bacon and it was awesome. Nice. He just sat there just like he lived on bacon for the day. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, Kind of getting back to the whole conspiracy thing. Yes. And you had said something about, you know, ways for them to divide us, them being people in power, right? Right. Um, One of the, or I guess a couple of the biggest things that I see that that they're they're really driving a wedge into is the family unit. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, having a mother and a father raising their children. Yep. Yeah. and the other one is religion, correct? And really trying to devolve both of those things to the point where they don't—they just don't matter, or they don't exist. Right. So they've been—I think they've been working on the family one for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the religion, I think, they're coming back to visit, especially with the current events that are that are happening um, yeah, overseas right now. Yep. Um, and the thing that scares me about the religion one is that that's the one thing throughout all of history mm-hmm. that people do not budge on when they go to war over it obviously that's the one thing that right because different beliefs in different parts of the country and different ethnic backgrounds and how those you know different cultures interact Mm -hmm. whether it's shopping centers or jobs or language barriers all of that Mm -hmm. we've slowly overcome and achieved great things in these in these neighboring countries right religion is the one that people have never compromised on right which is scary to me right because if we're going to go into a religious war mm-hmm. like we've got big problems well even just the current things that are going on with hamas and israel right 100 percent. we're talking about a fight or war if you want to call it that that's been going on for five thousand years yeah you know obviously they, they have not come to a, a reasonable conclusion where they could just get along right you know so whatever it is that they're they're so set in their viewpoint that they're completely unwilling to yeah move from that point you know and and it's hard because again being being a christian um you know i i it's not that i believe those religions but i believe that they have the right to to, to practice whatever religion they want and i'm not going to persecute them for that that's not right. my job right right they have no problem persecuting us like if you don't believe what they believe you need right. to be dead exactly. not in a different country not in a camp somewhere like you need to not be on this earth at all right which i have a problem with so do i right um, and even though I am not a particularly religious person, I am an agnostic, which means I believe in something. Right. I just don't choose to give it a name. I don't go to a church and say, I believe in right. this, right? Um, that being said, I do think that religion is extremely important. I feel that it it has formed the the basis of of most of our civilization. Right. You know, Judeo Christian values, you know, there's no arguing the point that that is a huge part of how our society was built. Right. Okay. And I think that the further we move away from that, the more dangerous things become. 
you know, and breaking down the family unit, saying that you don't need to have a father, or that a father is is bad thing because there there's toxic masculinity and <laughs> that's whatever. oh my gosh, that's the stupidest. I hate that whole. I hate that whole thing. Yeah, so do I. Um, uh, but, what's what's his name that does all the talks on it? Um, oh, I can't remember his name. Is that Tate? No, 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 no. Uh, uh, he's very monotoned. Uh, wow. Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson. Okay. Yeah. So Jordan Peterson rants on on toxic masculinity are freaking amazing. Oh yeah. And Tates are even better too because he'll have a woman come in and he'll be like, "No, listen. Whenever shit hits the fan, you want a strong man, right? Right. That's whenever you come. You can't you can't have it both ways, mm -hmm. right? So on that same point, there's this whole thing that people love to to um uh, to recite. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, the whole thing about, you know, strong men make good times, good times make... Weak men, weak men make hard times, hard right. times make strong men. Okay. So the flaw in there is that bad times don't create good men. What bad, what bad times create is the opportunity for good men to be recognized again. Because somewhere in that loop, when things are so good, it's like they tend to lose their value, Right. So masculinity is, is a trait, you know, being able to stand up and willing to defend people who are weaker, people that, that you love or that you're concerned about, right? Those are righteously important things. That's what we are designed to do, right? But somehow that loses its value in a society where everything is easy and handed to you. But the minute fucking a foreign country comes to invade, guess who, what the most important thing on the planet is? Masculinity. Somebody who's willing right. to stand up and protect people who can't protect themselves. Right. Right. So I think that comes back to morals and values. Mm -hmm. um, as this, what we talked about earlier about uh, feeling entitled and that whole progression of what happened in our school system and then the demasculinity of men overall mm -hmm. created that curve to happen faster, I believe. Right. Right. So before you had more people that were living off the land you had more people that were learning how to hunt you had more people that were um you know building homes and um living off the grid and and homesteading and um people running big cattle ranches and all these things right right and as those people felt entitled they didn't follow in their parents footsteps mm -hmm. they did different things and those things started to fall by the wayside right um, you compile that on top of what you just said, and now you have this crisis, mm -hmm. right? And you start looking at the people that they're uh, starting to uh, be. You you look at the people that are starting to be important in our current times, and you have two completely different sets of people, right? right. You have the Instagram influencers, the you know, all, whatever, whatever you want to call that. And then you, you have like the Tates and the Jordan Petersons and the, the people that, that see what was in the past, realize how important it is. And they're trying to get us back to that point. Right. Um, so I think you see like this, this conflict between the two sides. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think it's going to take something drastic for people to go. Yeah. That thing that was important. Yeah. Yeah. And we're close. I think we're close to that. Right. I think so too. Which is scary. It really is. Uh, we have talked about this before that we are at the edge of, you know, 
the time right before World War II. Mm-hmm. You know, the, those years leading up to that conflict. Yeah. You know, um, and you could follow that same track throughout history. There were like major events that have happened. We are in that time frame right before the major thing Dude, that's coming. The, the thing that scares me the most right now is our southern border. Yeah. Because if you look at everything that's happening overseas, and the countries that are being involved in those conflicts, that's who's coming through our southern border. We have people from, you know, um, like Egypt, mm-hmm. right? All these, all these Asian continental, like all, all, all of the Asian countries, mm-hmm. we're, we, we're not their first line of defense for fleeing a country because of right. politics or seeking asylum. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they have to two airplanes, a boat and a train to get here. Like we're not their first stop at right. seeking asylum is the next closest country. Right. Right. So, and it's gone from families coming up from Guatemala or South America, or whatever, to middle-aged fighting men, That's no exactly. kids, no women from all over the world, mm-hmm. all over the world, China mm-hmm. from everywhere. And, and you see these videos that are being released now from, border patrol guys and they're like we don't even know what to do mm-hmm. like they're showing this and there's six thousand dudes just showed up right. all between Military the ages age of 18 and 40 right and you're like what are we supposed to do with this mm-hmm. let's give them phones and let them go here you go have fun adios yeah you know it's like and let's give them a court date in seven years that nobody's going to show up for right like it's a, it's a mess and in the meantime it's just disappearing into our yep Yep. And I can tell you they're setting up terror cells in all these major cities. Mm-hmm. 100%. So like how 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 do you protect yourself if you don't have a border? Right. So that's the thing that scares me the most right now. Yeah. And there's a reason they're attacking our second amendment. Oh, right? Yeah. The same reason Pearl Harbor, the Japanese didn't invade. They said there'd be a, a gun behind every blade of grass. Right. Which, which I still think would kind of be the case because they haven't been able to take our guns. Right. I don't but think- with demasculinity and all the other things we're talking about, I think there's there's still more guns than there ever has been mm-hmm. in the public's hands. But I think there's fewer people with guns. There's more people that have more guns than there was before. Does that make sense? So instead of everybody having a gun, there's less people that have guns, but those people have a lot of guns. Right. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, I, I think uh, if we don't change our policies here in short order, we're going to be in for hurting. Right. So along with that, and this kind of brings us full circle kind of from where we started Yeah. with this facility and the things that go on, like the training and the things right. that people do here, this is why it's important. These are the things that people need to be focusing on because you have to be capable of defending yourself and other people. Correct. Okay. It does you no good. If you are incapable of being aggressive or violent when those times become necessary, then you are nothing but a victim for everybody who is. Correct. Right? Somebody who has never had a fight in their entire lives has received zero training and is completely incapable of fighting back is nothing but a victim waiting to happen. Right. Because there are plenty of people out there that do get trained and do know how to do those things and engage in it on a fairly enough basis that... They're out there looking for somebody that that's smaller than weaker than they are. Why do you think shootings happen in gun-free zones? They don't want to be shot back at. I just don't. So, yeah. And again, just to kind of draw this full circle, like this is the reason why 
you're here. This is the reason why you develop NACUB. This is the reason why we have this podcast is always in that same vein of trying to get people to change the perspective and understand that yeah. there's more that you can accomplish and that we need to be working on it. Let's create a community of people that uh, can be self-sufficient, learn from each other, make each other better and grow it. Absolutely. Let's grow the circle. 100%. All right. And I think that's a good place for us to leave off because I know that there's other things that we need to get going on here. We can hear a little bit of the rumbling of the training that's going on right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Method Endeavors is doing a CQD, two-day CQD lab. So today they're upstairs with uh, UTMs shooting the TACUB system. Nice. So So I want to be respectful of your time because I know you have other things to do. So it was awesome to talk to you again. Yeah. Yeah. More more conspiracies to come. (laughs) That's exciting for me. Awesome. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you.